Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Here's Joe. Front court. Works off the right side of the floor. Has Carmelo on him. Hand off to O'Neal. Fires the three. Short. Rebound. Tip. Donovan. Back to Favors. Lays it up and in. Carmelo. Stutter steps. Fires the three. Misses. Ingles rebounds. Long dribble out in front. Joe pushing. Finds Oni. Hard drive to the rack. Finger roll scoop and a score. Jazz by 20. Left side. O'Neal. Top to Ingles. Pops out. Open three. Swish. David Locke will be back on the call tonight. It's the Jazz and the Blazers, the last regular season home game. The 50-win Jazz trying to lock up that number one seed. they got to win two of their last three, or any combination of two Suns losses and two Jazz wins will do it. Jazz can take care of business with no more help. Although the Suns keep giving them help. We'll get to that in a second. PK, this Portland team seems to uh, want to avoid the play-in. They seem to want to uh, possibly get to five. They have a four-game win streak. They've won eight out of nine. The Hawks have broken up a couple four-game win streaks. The Hawks beat them. But aside from that, they've been really good lately. Okay, there you go, man. So that means it's going to be a tough task. And that, the way this week is going, is probably the one thing it won't be. (laughs) Curveballs everywhere. But it does look like the Blazers are coming in playing great. The Jazz will be without Donovan Mitchell. He's going to miss the remainder of the regular season, have his ankle reevaluated ahead of the start of the NBA playoffs. Mike Conley, Juwan Morgan also out for this game tonight, so it's going to be a lineup that we're getting pretty used to seeing now. Yeah, it is. You just wonder what the situation going to be. Are these men going to be ready to go in 10 days or so? Hope they are. And no one's going to tell us. So we'll just have to wait it out. Unless someone's told you. Anybody tell you anything? Anything good? Uh, well, he's progressing, so that's good news. Uh, but uh, still, the, it's a good ways away at this point anyway. So uh, you can only just progress at this point. They've decided that they weren't going to play in the rest of the season, which is no surprise. And it's, if you can't beat these two lousy teams that you have on your schedule aside from tonight, to get the number one seed. Probably don't deserve it, and Phoenix isn't exactly on top of their game right now anyway. Right. Two lousy games, PK's referencing, or Oklahoma City on Friday night. They have been piling up losses at an astounding rate. And the Sacramento Kings, who are also in the bottom five in the West and not going to make it into the the play-in series. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Capazzo has it, head fake on the three, throws it off on the elbow over to Nikola Jokic. Jokic has it against Zeller. It's an ISO. Shoots right over him. Jumper's good. That'll work. Top of the keeper, two. Facing up straight away against Boucher. Hands it off Rondo. Left wing with eight to shoot. To George. Straight away. The three ball is up and down. Bullseye from the outside for Paul George. Curry to pull. He's open. It's a three ball and it's nothing but the bottom of the net. And the Warriors take a three-point lead. 116-113. Curry with three. Curry with two. Dribbles on the way. Shoveled it up. Left hand. It goes up and in, in the paint. Caldwell focuses it right back to THT. They go into their action. Horses Tucker for the lead. TNT Dynamite. Highlights from the NBA. The game most Jazz fans were most interested in was the Phoenix Suns getting beat by the Warriors. Back to back, the Warriors beat the top two teams in the West. Yikes. That's, that's a potential seven or eight seed right there. And they did it in uh, unusual fashion, PK. I think we all would have thought, well, if Steph Curry went off, of course they win. But he's 1 of 11 from 3. He was actually colder from 3 against the Suns than he was against the Jazz when he was 3 for 12. But it didn't matter because Wiggins had 38 points and he was 17 of 24 shooting the ball. Good grief he was hot. Good grief, Good Charlie. grief. <laughs> Shot over 70%. Good grief. <laughs> There's probably yeah, another expression, but it's unacceptable on the radio. So 
I was listening to that game on my satellite radio. And your boy, what's his name? Tim Roy, is that Tim it? Roy, yeah. I used to work with him in Sacramento. We just had him on the show here earlier this week. Yeah. They had on Draymond Green on the walk-off interview, and he dropped a, what does it say? So if you're a Jazz fan, you want the broadcasters for the Warriors to be asking one of their players, what does it say? Because you never say, what does it say <laughs> that you got smoked these last two games? You're down by 27 at halftime, and you lost by 34. What does it say? Anytime one of the in-house media asks, what does it say? It was a big win. Means, it was a yeah. big win, baby. It's basically a softball. Gee, aren't you awesome? What does it say? The other contenders in the West, uh, Phoenix, are they looking up at number one? Utah, are they looking down at number three? The L.A. Clippers. Clippers, hammer the Raptors. 115-96. Solid win for the Clips, who are now two games behind the Suns, four games behind the Jazz. And the Clippers trying to hold off the Nuggets. Clips a game in front of the Nuggets and two behind the Suns. The Lakers, LeBron James, street clothes, sitting on the side over there, not playing, despite the talk of him potentially coming back. He didn't. And then the Lakers and Knicks played an entertaining game. Wesley Matthews a put back with three seconds to go to force overtime. And the Lakers win in overtime. Taylor Horton Tucker with a late three-pointer that ended up winning the game for the Lakers, 101-99. THT, I told you weeks ago, that somebody from the Lakers told me that they really love this kid. He's only 20. He doesn't turn 21 until the fall, late fall, I think in November. Uh, but they really, really like him. And they think that uh, in the next year or two, he's going to develop into something very, very good. And we saw a little bit of a taste of that uh, from this young fella, Gordon Tucker, doing his thing. So that was that was nice for uh, for him. 13 points and 10 assists off the bench. I mean, that's what the Lakers need because Anthony Davis is talking about uh, his groin is sore. He may not play. LeBron's supposed to come back tonight. Uh, Caruso went out with a sore right foot, only played like 9 or 10 minutes. So it seemed that they just can't get healthy at all. They cannot. And yet they were able to win the game and... Rose and Randall were no nobody really went with Rose and Randall. Those two guys are really aggressive and were filling it up. And Randall had a big three of his own that set up set up the drama and the big shot from Taylor Horton Tucker. Uh, Randall finished with 31 and Rose had 27. Rose wrestling for a jump ball at the end of the game with Anthony Davis. There was something hilarious about that, but gotta give it up. Rose was battling in there. All right, the other team in the West, the Nuggets. They beat the Hornets 117-112. Jokic went for 30 in that game. And P.K. Porter. Yeah, I was about to say, Porter has really been bringing it and putting up the numbers that people, you know, they, they expect out of him and his talent and all of that. But uh, he had the injuries in college early in his pro career, and then he's immature and he's really ready to do this. But, man, they have the big injury there. And he stepped in, and he's had a bunch of big games here. He's immature? That was one of the things that was uh, thrown out there by the detractors. They! Really? The people who are against everything. The haters. Who isn't? We're all immature. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably some truth to that. <laughs> so he's got his uh, scoring average climbing like every month this season and just seems to be uh, hasn't hit the ceiling yet. Don't know where he's going, but that's two 30-point games in his last uh, three games. He had 31 against the Jazz. Way to go. Mavericks lost to the Grizzlies 133-104. Is Dallas going to hold on to the five spot? Everything's still very much up in the air. They're tied with Portland, and Portland's got the tiebreaker now, so Dallas... Officially in the sixth spot, a game in front of the Lakers. Well, they close with three non-playoff teams. Uh, I don't think New Orleans is getting in, and then Toronto and Minnesota. So the opportunity there is right in front of them to be able to do that. They're good enough, sure. Over in the East, the Pacers beat the Sixers. That's a little surprising there. Pacers 103-94. How many Sixers missed the game, and can they blame it on that? No, it was East, so I didn't even bother to look at the box score, so I can't tell you. Uh, Embiid did not play. Simmons did. Simmons went for 20. 
And Tobias Harris had 27, but no Embiid, so there you go. Heat beat the Celtics. We knew that they had the big injury, and uh, we're going to be shorthanded the rest of the way. And Tyler Hero went for 24-11, and 11, so there you go. James Harden could make his long way to return to the lineup tonight against the Spurs. He's officially listed as a game-time decision. Hamstring injury. He has missed 18 games. But he might be back tonight. So, so got, there you go. Yeah, you got that going for you. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Yeah, we have not signed him. There's a thought going around. You know, he uh, he was in the best shape of his life, asked to see if he could work out with a couple of our coaches. Uh, I wasn't even there. And uh, they came back to me and said, wow, this guy's in incredible shape. Then I went another time and watched him try him out. And they said, go work on these things. He comes back later. They try him out again. I'm not there. And they come in and they said, wow, you know, this guy's ball skills. He's a great athlete. He looks like he's 18 years old, not 20, whatever he is, 33. And uh, I said, guys, you don't understand now this guy is, you know, he's the most competitive maniac you're ever going to talk to, and let's give it a shot. And I have not decided if we're going to do that or not yet. I'm getting close. i got to make a decision here pretty soon. That's Urban. He didn't do it, PK. Tim Tebow's not in Jacksonville because of Urban. Everybody's impressed with Tebow because he's wired different. Yeah, you don't understand. (laughs) You play his grandma on checkers, he's going to look to slaughter her. That's how competitive he is be awesome if grandma actually did win some checkers tournament somewhere do they have checkers tournaments one time i was uh some people that when we lived in california they would come over to uh, southern california newport san diego from arizona whole family the dad would pay and then all the children who were then adults would mooch off of him by uh staying at the place that he would rent for a whole week to get out of the phoenix heat and so we would always go down and we would mooch off for a day or two. Had a kid. And uh, one of the sons-in-laws was just bragging how good he was at backgammon, not checkers. So we played, and I was sort of a novice, mm-hmm. but I gammoned him. Oh! And, and the place went nuts. <laughs> now, this, this is a family with like six, seven kids, and everybody was there. And, oh, man, I was taunting him. He was furious. <laughs> Just absolutely furious. So you're a genius or the dice were hot and you got every roll you needed? Uh, well, I don't know that uh, what was going on there. It was a long time ago. But uh-huh. I had I had uh, everything break my way. And I skunked him. Just shut him out. And I taunted him for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> of course you did. How could you not? He now lives in uh, up here... Utah County and works for Murdoch down there in Linden and actually you you met him once. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. we've done some remotes down there. Yeah. NFL did its schedule reveal. Well, the partial reveal. Week one is out. Cowboys Buccaneers, the big Thursday night opener on September 9th. Tom Brady, the Super Bowl champs, hosting the Dallas Cowboys. I assume Jack Prescott, the comeback game. A lot of juice for that one. Get everybody fired up. He'll be backing up Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> nice. Uh, the Packers at the Saints. Will that be Aaron Rodgers? Or will it be no Rodgers, no Breeze? Look at the Packers and the Saints. Bears and Rams are the Sunday night football opener. Rams, of course, making the big quarterback trade with Detroit. And the Bears... Always, always looking for the next. They're, they're Tom Brady. When will they get their Tom Brady at quarterback? Well, no one's gotten their Tom Brady at quarterback. So uh, when they get a quarterback that can lead them to victory, I mean, they've had, I mean, just three years ago, they were just 12 and 4. Uh, so, and they've got uh, Fields, obviously. So I don't know that he's going to start. But this is the NFL, and it tells you how wildly popular they are. Because the schedule is going to be released later today, I think around uh, 6 o'clock our time tonight. Mm. And uh, so sports stations that have NFL teams in their market on the West Coast that will still be broadcasting will be in the 5 o'clock hour. They'll be talking about it uh, extensively. Uh, so I don't know if it's been leaked or if they put out week one. Or they put out week one. On. Okay, because yeah. I woke up this morning and it was all over the place as yeah. I was looking at stuff. And uh, it's a week one. I mean, it's so such a big deal. The rest of the programs and sports, they release their schedules. 
And it's interesting on a local basis, but that's about it. But at the NFL, it's a it's a national sports story. First Monday night game is the Ravens and the Raiders in Las Vegas. And we're not getting a Monday night doubleheader, which had kind of become a tradition. But just one game, and they're going to put it on ABC and ESPN. It sounds like that doubleheader may come later in the season in that new Week 17, Week 18 window. Well, I think that uh, they have the opportunity, hopefully, to pack that place in Vegas. They didn't do it this last season, and it'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Get some fans. Uh, The Jets, what will happen? The debut game for the former Cougar. The former Corner Canyon. Do I have to say Corner Canyon? You get upset if I don't don't tag him with Corner Canyon? That's your school. My school? Sort of. My school's always been Lone Peak. (laughs) Jets are at the Panthers. You mean BYU Alpine? (laughs) Sam Darnold versus Wilson week one. Yep, there it is. So there's the schedule reveal. Uh, Brett Favre has yet to pay back 600000 he received from the state of Mississippi for multiple speaking events where he never showed up. Was he in college? Uh, not clear on the dates here. <laughs> <laughs> I assume it's in retirement. Uh, there was an audit that he had been paid $1.1 million and Favre Enterprises had paid back 500000 right after that report, but the other six hundred grand has not come back yet. So, still waiting on that. Colt Brennan, former University of Hawaii quarterback, had a great career there. Draft pick of Washington, passed away at the age of 37. He'd been in a rehab facility, had invest, ingested something laced with fentanyl Monday and never regained consciousness. So, sad story there. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. The pitch. He swings and drives one high and deep right center field, and that ball is crushed. Way back and gone for Bryce Harper as it reaches off the railing of the second deck. To a pitch, and that is hit really well out to deep left field. That is going to go. A two-run homer for Manny Machado on a line. And just like that, the Padres take a 2-1 to lead. One little Lux, he swings, it's a high fly ball, deep right field, way back, it is gone, a home run, Gavin Lux. Gavin Lux's first home run of the year, a three-run shot with two outs in the bottom of the eighth. All right, highlights from around Major League Baseball. You got uh, Bryce Harper, homer, and he got heckled. His former club, the Phillies, playing the Nationals. Phillies win 6-2, and he knocks one off the railing in the front of the second deck there. Take that, PK. It's a bomb, yeah, for sure. Phillies win 6-2. The uh, Padres, you heard the Padres highlight with Manny Machado there. The Padres beat the Colorado Rockies 8-1, the final score. Manny Machado was the uh, hero in that one. Two for four, had the homer, drove in five runs. But the story of the game, just drip, drip, drip. The Padres kept taking guys out of the game. Uh, Fernando, Three guys were out before the game, including Fernando Tatis Jr., tested positive for COVID-19. And then Will Myers was pulled from the game. He tested positive. And then Eric Hosmer was pulled from the game. Contact tracing. Uh, two other guys, utility players, had been uh, put on the uh, COVID, their injured list there before the game. So... Wow, five position guys, players, uh, five position players. PK, they're not carrying that many guys. That's a that's a big hit to the lineup right there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. No, there's no question about it. Now, uh, at least in the case of uh, FT two, uh, asymptomatic, yep. but you have to sit out for a bit here. Yep. So three starters and then uh, two guys off the bench will be sidelined. So as long as. Manny Machado, homers, has a couple hits and five ribbies in every game. They should be fine. So just well, so happened to have a doubleheader today. Other than that, they, yeah, they, they had a game have. wiped out um, two days ago. So, uh, yeah, yeah, and you got to get the pitching too, obviously, which was what they had. I mean, Colorado, who sucks, yeah. only had three hits, and it was good to see all four contenders in the NL West win. And Diamondbacks really aren't contenders, but I'm going to put them in there. Nice. <laughs> Still within shouting range. The other three are. They're legitimate contenders. They're all well above 500. On May 12th, you're only five games back. But what are you doing with the Rockies? You're kicking them out, aren't you? Nine and a half off the pace. Well, yeah, Dimebacks are uh, 
two under, five hundred. Yep. And baseball's funny because you know they got swept last week by Florida. They went on a, a West Coast trip or East Coast trip, I should say. Played six games, lost all six, only scored a total of twelve runs through all six. And then last night against the Marlins, who swept them last week, they score eleven. You never know. Unexplainable. Yeah. Uh, Gavin Lux, a three-run homer in the eighth inning. Dodgers, pull it out. Get the W. Beat the Mariners 6-4. to four. The Oakland Athletics say they will start exploring the possibility of relocating. Major League Baseball gave them the green light. Their blessing. Of course, really, this is just uh, politics and putting pressure. Yeah. There's a- oh, no, 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 no. There's a farmer out in uh, the Southeast Valley, Southwest Valley, I should say, who's been hearing voices. He's now clearing his cornfield. <laughs> if you build it, the Oakland Athletics will come. <laughs> they got a waterfront project they're trying to get approved, so this is just to let them know, hey, we've been working on this for a while, we want a new stadium, and they don't want a stadium on the side of the old one, although there's a huge parking lot there that they could build in and then tear the old stadium down and use that, and there's... They've got a BART stop right there. You can ride mass transit right to the game and get off and walk across the parking lot and be there. But they want no part of that site. They want the waterfront site. So A's have been in Oakland since they moved from Kansas City in 1968. And we'll see. We haven't, haven't had that many teams move lately. Baseball had a team move, what is it, like 16 years ago? The Montreal Expos became the Washington Nationals. And then the last one before that was 72. So it's been a while, but Oakland apparently in play. Vegas, hello. Maybe Portland? 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 What do we freaking go there for? <laughs> Portland? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You just use it as well, they're, leverage for they're Vegas. They're proposing a pretty They are. Now, Portland, yeah, Portland's got people who want to stadium up yeah, there. I, mean, they, I heard Nashville issues. thrown out there, too. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up next, we'll talk about Portland and Major League Baseball, and more importantly, the Jazz and the Blazers tonight with Dan Sheldon. Yes, the former Channel 2 anchor now in Portland working, host of Talking Blazers with Channing Fry. He'll join us coming up in about, uh, well, right on the other side of this commercial break. And Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst at 8.30, right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, The Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Spring LASIK sale is going on sale now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmt.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. All right, coming up this morning, we got tons of jazz talk. We've got Dan Sheldon joining us here momentarily. We've got Tim Lacombe. Joining us at 8.30. And PK, we've got the last regular season home game tonight. Your level of anticipation for this baby? High. About a nine. It's not a playoff game. You can't give it the ten. Agreed. I can understand that. Especially with Phoenix losing. And so they don't even have to win if they win the next two games beyond tonight. They'll be in first place. Yeah. So I mean that doesn't uh, add to it, but I mean they want to win. This is this Portland. It seems like Portland has been in this place for twenty years. <laughs> you know, they're a good team, but they're not going anywhere. But they are a good team. Good, but not great. A guy who watches them on a regular basis joins us now. Dan Sheldon, host of Talking Blazers with Channing Fry, former Channel Two sportscaster. Dan, good morning. Good morning. 
sounds like you've got Neil O'Shea sitting next to you based on the last part of the conversation I heard. It's good, but not great. Time for Terry Styles to go. Let me find somebody else to save my own job. Yeah, I don't think that. No, I've heard that. I'm not one to be firing coaches just because. And it seems like if they were to make a change with Stotts, it would be just because. I mean, they're yeah. they're a pretty good team. There's no question about it. But they yeah. they don't seem to be able to get beyond being a pretty good team. It's not a bad spot to be in, but you know they're tough on on any given night. They can beat anybody. That's for sure. And they could probably beat anybody in a series. But they don't just seem they don't seem to be one of the elites. And I've heard the deal about Stotts, but I don't buy it. You don't buy what? You don't buy that he's going to get fired, or you? Don't I don't buy he that he fired? should be fired. Gotcha. Well, so yes, all that stuff is true, and and the part of it though is that you know another element to it is that very few times have they had their full complement of players who haven't gotten hurt, where it's like, oh, if only. You know, there's always been that if only at the end of it, if Yusuf Nurkic stayed healthy the whole season. If you look at it right now, Nurkic has a year left on his contract, and he's the, the big unknown when it comes to what's the ceiling for this, this current group of guys just because he hasn't been healthy enough. Uh, they've, they've played 29 playoff games since he's been with them. He's played in 10 of them, and they're 1-9 in nine in those games in which he's actually played in the playoffs. So this is the put-up-or-shut-up time for him. He's got a year left on a contract that he thinks is poo-poo. It has $12 million left on it for next year. That's why he switched to Rich Paul. Uh, within the last year or two, you don't switch to Rich Paul because you're happy with your contract. So he's <laughs> looking for big money. He's looking for for something bigger. And so this is the time if they want to, you know, avoid unrestricted free agency after next season. They gotta. He's got to show big things in the playoffs this year, and then sign a, a big extension this this summer. And that would be, you know, everybody's big happy plan. And Terry Stott saves his job in the process because Neil Shea's looking around. Jody Allen's like, well, yeah. Jody Allen's in the PK mindset of, we're really good, but never going anywhere. What's the deal, Neil? And Neil's looking around like, oh, well, I got him Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington and, you know, traded for Norman Powell before the deadline. So, uh, Terry, what's your deal? And so Terry's like, well, Derek Jones Jr. can't stay healthy, and I don't like him very much. His net rating stinks. And so we got Norman Powell, and really it stunk since Norman Powell came on board, and Derek Jones Jr. has basically found his way out of the rotation. So they've got Powell, they've got that, that threesome that's done a really great job, that trio, uh, but, but they don't have necessarily something they can hold on to when it comes to their biggest problem, and that is defense. Now, this, this most recent stretch, these last nine games where they've won eight of nine, all of a sudden the defense is like 11th in the league, and that's like cause for celebration because up until that point, it had been last or dead last, depending on what frame of time you're looking at over the course of this season, and that's been the big head-scratcher. How come the defense stinks so badly? And it's because they don't have a lot of very good defenders on the team, especially uh, on the wing. And so that was the thing that was going to get Terry Stotts fired. It was that, Terry, what's going on, man? You can't figure this thing out with your defense. And really, it's not so much about him not figuring it out. It's that he really seems unwilling or unable to find somebody from the outside to come in and help, it, help him fix it and do it for him. He's been uh, extremely loyal to his guys. And I don't think he's made you know, great hires and maybe he hasn't been, been given the money to make greater hires when the rare opening has, has been there on his staff. And so that's been the big thing. It's like, where is the other person there that you can lean on to say, okay, that's who's going to really fix your defense, or that's who's going to help you be more imaginative offensively when people get the ball out of Dame or CJ's hands on every possession. Those have been the, the issues, because everything else is fine. It's that when they take away your bread and butter, what do you do next? And Terry hasn't always been proficient at proving he knows what to do next. You said many things there that if you just change some of the names, uh, they, a lot of those phrases have been used to describe the Jazz with one big difference. Uh, talented, but small backcourt. Offensively really gifted. Vulnerable to big athletic wings that are really long who you don't match up to because nobody matches up to Kawhi and LeBron, right? Uh, yeah. The difference is the Jazz defense hasn't had the issues the Blazers have, and the Jazz have Rudy Gobert anchoring it. I'll bet if Rudy Gobert was anchoring the Blazer defense, Terry Stotts would be able to figure a few things out. <laughs> you know, right. Captain Obvious, right? Uh, yeah. But I just wonder the small backcourt and struggling to match up with the best, most athletic wings, which to be fair, the whole league struggles to match up up with and those guys had their pick of anywhere and they picked LA. They don't pick Portland and they don't pick Utah and they don't pick Denver yeah. and San Antonio and uh, Sacramento and on down the line. So how much do you think the frustration the Blazers have had? And they've had some thrills in the playoffs. 
But yep. the frustration they've had also, how much do you think the Jazz are lined up for that despite the record? Because I know from texts I get from you that you still follow what happens here. Yeah. No, I, you know, but honestly, to, to me, the Jazz are a great unknown, even though I pay attention. Um, it, to me, the Jazz right now kind of feel like the Golden State Warriors of whatever the year was before the first championship. I'm losing track of time in my old age. You know, it was like I, I, would, I would keep, you know, watching these games. And, you know, when I was on the, the talking ball, the host of the talking ball panel post game for the Blazer shows, I'd say, look, you guys, the Warriors are for real. I don't care about their offense. Look at their freaking defense, number one defense of the league. That's what's going to carry them. They are the real deal. And everyone's like, ah, it's the Warriors, whatever. I feel like a lot of those, th- those same things are true with the Jazz, where everyone's like, ah, yeah, we know this story. We know who they are. No, you don't. This is like, dude, this is different. This is a different variation on what you think is the same old story, and it's going to come to fruition. That's why everyone right now is jockeying to avoid the Lakers as if they're the, even the same team that we saw in the bubble. They were hermetically sealed in the bubble, perfectly pristine to be able to do what they did in that bubble to win a championship, and then they go back out into the wild. And to me, it's rather predictable what's happened to them in the wild. They're, they're older, they're creaky, and the travel has gotten to them, um, which is what would have happened had they been outside the bubble uh, last summer. Um, so, so to me, the Utah story is a bit different in that I see a lot of the same characteristics, not exactly obviously the same style of play, but a lot of the same characteristics in what the Warriors were before they went into their kind of mini-dynasty mode. Not to say that Utah is going to be in a mini-dynasty, but I think people are just in wait-and-see mode with the Jazz because they don't quite believe it yet because they haven't seen it before. You're right. They're not going to be in mini-dynasty. They're going to be in maxi-dynasty, Dan <laughs> Sheldon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, it could be. I'm not. I'm. I'm not putting it past them. I mean, I think there are plenty of elements there, including the stability. You know, it's like it's like for so long Portland has had stability, where for many years they didn't. You know, it was all of a sudden guys would. I, I got here um, about. Uh, I I'd kind of split up my tenure. I left Utah, and then I kind of hung around for like a year in Atlanta. Then I moved to Portland, and within six months of me being here, Nate McMillan all of a sudden got fired on a bad road trip. I'm like, well, what? The, what? 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 Oh, yeah, that's right. That's how the real NBA works. <laughs> the coaches go on a bad road trip uh, because, you know, Raymond Felton and Jamal Crawford don't want to play for a particular coach who's been there for five or six years. So the coach goes and not the player. I forgot what life was like outside of the state of Utah in the NBA. Um, but, but, no, yeah, I, sure. I think, that, I, I think that, that now all of a sudden Portland has been the picture of stability because this trio of Terry Stotts, Neil O'Shea, and Damian Lillard is in its ninth season together. And uh, we're kind of shaking our heads like, I can't believe they've, they've lasted this long. And a lot of it, the credit goes to Damian Lillard. Because if he was unhappy at any point along the way and expressed that publicly, or at least even to ownership, uh, one, one or both those guys would be gone. Um, but he has always been a guy who has, who has loved and embraced stability. And everyone knows how many times he's doubled, triple, quadrupled down on the notion of staying a trailblazer his whole career. Uh, but he's one of the reasons why stability has been achieved for as long as it has been here. Um, and now it looks like um, above him, they're just getting tired of it. Uh, the same old, same old that, that PK was talking about off the top of, of good but not great. And now, oh, look, look out, because Dame's uh, prime you know, is not too much longer in front of us. We've got a couple of years left before he starts to, to tail off. And now what do we do to try and sneak a ring out of this whole deal before it implodes on us? So aside from the old uh, you know, finger-pointing game, what are they going to do? <laughs> Just point fingers. I, I, I mean, come on, well, change, changing the coach isn't going to make your wings bigger, longer, and more athletic. No, but we have seen in recent history where you know all of a sudden a quick change of the coach has resulted in a team winning a title. So I don't know if he's going to wave his magic wand to Olshea yeah. and, and find somebody like that. Um, has anybody to, to, to has, in, has anybody noticed what Nate McMillan's doing in Atlanta? Speaking of quick changes. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, he's actually been on the short list. <laughs> he's been on the short list of guys that they supposedly are looking at that I've seen uh, across the league when it comes to potential uh, successors for stuff. So that has been people have taken note at least in, in these parts. I don't think anybody who has been around that long and it has been that long. It's been a decade, but who remembers the Nate McMillan era with like a, a version a, a 2.0 of that? Um, but but certainly a switch towards defensive minded would be in order because the feeling would be that no matter who you put in charge of that offense, Lillard and company will figure that part out. <laughs> it's really about somebody who can help them figure out team defense as opposed to somebody who can switch up this offense. 
So I can recall earlier this season that Lillard was saying, and you would you'd probably be able to identify exactly when they would, when they came up against the better teams in the league, that they didn't have enough, and I sensed some frustration, and I don't remember what it what when it was, but I know that he said it, uh, and yet here they're on this hot streak. So is this hot streak legitimate? Because if it's legitimate. And what they're doing now, and you speak of the improved defensive rating and the things that they're going, and uh, pretty much, uh, you know, outside of Collins, who seems to always be injured, that they're basically at full strength, or at least of the players who are available to them. So can I believe in this? Uh, the reason, the one reason I might believe in this is because of Yusuf Nurkic. That's been the, the real key in what's happened over these last nine games uh, on both ends of the floor. Uh, if you watch... Because up until this point, you know, speaking to the defense, like nobody was afraid. No guard in the league, no wing in the league was afraid to find their way into the paint. They would march right in, do what they wanted to do to the Blazers uh, on, on defense and find their way to the rim and either complete the, the play or, or go to the foul line. And that has changed, and that's because of Yusuf Nurkic. Um, he's still not in great shape for my, you know, as far as how great he's been over the time he's been in Portland, but he's, he's found his legs. And, and he is stopping shots, he is altering shots, he is making people think twice about venturing into the paint, and that's been the huge difference. Uh, everything else is not necessarily window dressing, but you know, Robert Covington has been really good defensively, um, but he's not an on-the-ball stopper. You know, he's not going to be like, like uh, David was talking about with, with LeBron or Kawhi on the wing. He's not going to individually stop those guys, but he's a great team defender, and he can get his, his hands in the passing lanes. He can cause deflections and, and, and muck stuff up, and that's what you need. Uh, now the question is, are the, the other three guys going to get taken advantage of? Norman Powell's a, an okay defender, but I thought he got a little bit more credit than he deserved for some sort of defensive reputation, the shine that kind of uh, came with him as a Toronto Raptor. He's been fine, but he's not a defensive stopper either. They don't have that one-on-one guy. It was funny going back to the bubble. You talk about the lack of defensive stoppers across the league for the guys like LeBron and Kawhi. I remember early on the Lakers series, not granted they lost the series in five, but very early on, they had Carmelo on, on LeBron. And even though Carmelo has no business defending LeBron, because of, like, I don't know, their personal relationship, LeBron refused to completely destroy Carmelo. <laughs> it was like, why is he being so passive with Melo on him? So, it's like, sometimes it's, it's not even about, like, I guess with LeBron, how good you are defensively. It's how much do, does he like you? Because apparently if you put Melo on LeBron, at least in short stretches, he won't just dominate you. Uh, so, so maybe that'll come into play if, if that were to, to play out at some point in the playoffs again with whoever has to defend LeBron. But, but for Portland's, from Portland's perspective, they don't have that stopper. They don't have that guy they can count on to even you know, cause friction and, and resistance on the perimeter for these guys. But they do have that guy now in Yusuf Nurkic down low who can clean up the mess. And if he keeps doing that, not that they're going to keep winning eight of nine games at this clip, but that's what gives them the shot. That's what makes it seem legitimate is what he's doing defensively right now and, and offensively. They're the number one offense in the league over the last nine, and he is operating in the high post and just you know doing it old school like uh, Marcus Solonis Prime or Arvita Sabonis where he's just uh, you know, hanging the ball up high and letting his guys cut around him and finding the best uh, guy to, to pass it to. He's that good of a passer, and he's been doing that offensively as well. So the Blazers have had a couple of four-game win streaks, and they have won eight out of nine. But how much of that was scheduling? Because before that, they lost five in a row when they were playing the Clippers, the Nuggets, and the Grizzlies beat them twice. And then they heat up because, well, they finally beat the Grizzlies on the third try, and they got fed Brooklyn without Durant, Boston with all their issues. Cleveland's no good. Houston's no good. The Lakers were shorthanded. Seems like it was mostly scheduling. And Atlanta, who's playing really well, is the one team that beat them in there. So is it really just kind of schedule? No, it's true. No, schedule's a big part of it. Schedule's and not to be uh, denied. And, and like, Anthony Davis still played in that Laker game. <laughs> so there was at least one, one solid Laker out there in that victory Portland had. But no, and, and on top of that, and I don't know what the three-point percentage has been over this stretch. I had it pulled up a second ago. Um, but, but it's also been a situation that even when the defense wasn't, wasn't clicking at all for them, it was all of a sudden they were down by nine with four minutes to go. And it's like, well, this game's cooked. They, they stink. You know, we're going to be talking about why, why they can't figure it out and, and why uh, Terry Stotts would be fired tomorrow. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, Dame, Carmelo, and CJ go like eight of nine from three in the final four minutes, and it goes from a nine-point loss to, you know, they're beating the Sixers by eight. And it's like, well, wait, 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 what just happened? And all of a sudden this game turns on its head because they can also do that. They can also just get crazy hot from three 
and turn a game completely on its head within the span of two or three minutes. Um, and so that's a lot of what you can see at times when it comes to them picking up wins that you, they shouldn't otherwise be picking up. And over this stretch of nine games, they are shooting 43% from three. So that's, so that's the, the best shooting, the most accurate team from three over this stretch as well. Uh, so, so it's all come together for them in that regard, along with a weaker schedule, to allow for this to occur. It wasn't preordained. They had to go out and do it. Um, but certainly the schedule did help. Uh, so Oakland Athletics uh, have permission to look around, and I think the first thing everyone does is assume Vegas. I have read about Portland. Are you are you are you personally going to build a baseball stadium, Dan, or do you know somebody who's going to, or is that just um, talk? So we've been waiting forever. You know this 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 uh, MLB to Portland movement, the latest one that's been around for a few years, years now, that has been legitimized by the presence of Mike Barrett, who was the TV voice of the Blazers for about a decade. Uh, who's now been doing this for the last several years? Um, you know, he he keeps throwing out these these things about oh, you know, look out right around the corner. There could be some big announcements that we're going to be having, and you believe him because he's a legitimate voice in person, and he doesn't just throw stuff out there that that isn't at all true. Um, but they still have not let us know who the big whale is. <laughs> we don't know who the big money man or woman is behind this whole effort. Uh, we know some some side players. We know some guys with some decent cash. Um, but we don't know the big whale. A lot of people, some people are assuming it's Oracle, uh, Larry Ellison, um, other people, somebody in the, somebody else in the Bay Area that could fork over this amount of cash. Uh, I think someone once proposed this theory to me that I love is that it's Howard Schultz and that he's waiting for his name to be kind of cleared so that he could do something like this without people freaking out and turning on the whole effort. So I would love for Howard Schultz all of a sudden to show back up on the scene in the, in the Northwest and own the, the Portland baseball outfit. But we still don't know who that name is, who the, who the potential owner of this team is. And um, I hope that name exists, because otherwise they've been selling us a, a bill of goods uh, for a number of years now without any real true promise at the end of this whole deal. Um, but but the, the name will be in the mix, and it has legitimacy in ways that it hasn't had in previous iterations of this effort. Um, but look, they've got plans for a stadium, but they haven't begun the process of building it. And to me, that's another element of it, is that you just got to start building. If you have that much belief and you have the money, build the freaking thing so that when Oakland is looking around, I know you're going to be the bridesmaid a bunch of times, uh, but, but eventually you've you got to be there and have the facility ready to go because who's, who can just say, okay, we're leaving for Portland, we'll, we'll see in three years. <laughs> we, they can't wait that long. So, you know, and the, the stadium in, in St. Pete, that god-awful facility, Tropicana Field, I think that thing stood dormant largely for the better part of a decade before the Rays finally showed up uh, and started playing baseball. And, you know, the Giants had threatened to go to Tampa Bay over that time, as well as several other teams. Eventually, you just got to build it and then eventually hope that they come. And they're seemingly not willing to do that quite yet. He's Dan Sheldon, host of Talking Blazers with Channing Fry. Dan, thanks for coming on the show and talking about the Northwest and the Blazers and the Jazz. We appreciate it. I uh, love talking to you guys. Appreciate it. DJ and PK coming up. Tim Lacombe's going to join us at 8.30. we got the question of the day. Got a couple versions of the question of the day, and we will get to that next. One jazz, one not jazz. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. From the Sporting News, Vinny Iyer, we have a bet as to whether Tim Tebow will be on an active 53-man roster at any point this season just for one game. Do you think it'll happen? I don't see any way he lasts that long, and maybe that's not even going to be a test. Maybe it's just to get a Urban Meyer surrogate to be on the field there and kind of preach the Urban Meyer way. But to me, you have Trevor Lawrence. You don't need to bring in something like this. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a mature championship-winning quarterback. He didn't win the Heisman like Tebow, but all of the things in his resume are just as impressive when he was a college quarterback. So you have this guy that can come in and lead your team, play well right away, like we saw with Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert last year. Just rely on that guy to be your leader. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes and Toast brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. At Jerry Seiner Cadillac, you can shop your way and get a piece of luxury you deserve. Stop by and test drive one today. We just had Dan Sheldon on, mostly talking about the Jazz and the Blazers tonight. But with the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball alerting the city of Oakland, if you don't approve that waterfront ballpark, then we're going to start looking around. Everybody who ever dreamed of a Major League Baseball team in their backyard started drooling. I assume Las Vegas is the front runner. 
<laughs> Isn't it weird, PK, how Las Vegas has gone from you can't possibly go to there to how do we possibly get there quickly before someone I, else I, does? Well, I think that uh, Oakland has already received permission to look around. Yeah, they do. That was the story. Not if the city council or whoever governmental entity, they've already received it so they can do that now if they're so inclined. But I have no idea that Vegas would be the front runner. They've gotten a lot of pub. And ask Dan about Portland, and they've been talking about stuff forever. How cool would it be if the Oakland A's moved to Salt Lake City? It got a ton of comments. Alex says, I'd have to give up my adopted Royals, but I'd totally do it. It'd be worth it. I'd say I'd do it too. I'd drop the Mariners in a hot minute. Nick says they'd be my favorite American League team, but I'd still root for the Dodgers in the NL. Oh, well, I mean, the legendary battle, the Dodgers and the Spaz, or whatever they'd be called. Brad says, it'd be very cool. They're in the same division as the Angels. I would love to see the Angels live. Uh, Go down to Anaheim, you can take care of that. But, uh, (laughs) uh, yeah, I think they should consider Salt Lake. It's the fastest-growing state in the country. The economy is moving. Tech is moving here almost since we've been on the air. There's three tech companies who've moved here. Sweet. If one of them has a billionaire who wants a baseball team in the backyard, that's how it gets done. <laughs> that's the path. You need someone with a ton of money who's like, yeah, I'd like to do that. Well, yeah, to start anything, you need somebody with money for sure. Yeah. Daniel says the A's are already my second favorite team, so I'd be stoked. You can't have a second favorite team. I totally disagree with that. You, you you're can't. either in or you're out. Who you are your second who's your favorite team? team? No. What, what are you? Uh, you live down in Hilldale. You're my second favorite wife. I mean, what hey is now. This? <laughs> you, you, my second favorite team? No. You, they could be first and others receiving votes and others receiving affection, but you can't use the word favorite. D- uh, Brady says this is all positioning to get Oakland to sign off on their new stadium. He's not going to get his hopes up. Not going to do it. He's not going to get all sorts of fired up. Yeah, that's what the Raiders thought, too. Brady says they're going to go to Las Vegas before they come to Salt Lake. Vegas. He figures Vegas is a done deal. Join the Raiders. Suddenly Vegas is Oakland South. Yeah, I don't know about that. They don't have any uh, body stepping up to build a stadium. Colton says it'd be cool, but it won't happen. Probably won't, but it should. This is the most attractive place in the country. Who will build the stadium, PK? Who's going to write the check? I don't know. Oh, okay. Ryan has a suggestion. Let's go, Ryan Smith. Of course. We anyone. <laughs> he writes, Ryan, anyone can buy one Major League franchise. Let's get a second one. <laughs> well, we go to the usual suspects on this every time. Yep. Short list of people who can afford it. Hey, Ryan's got two neighbors next to him down there by Qualtrics who are both billion-dollar valuation companies, so why not make a consortium? Aha. I love consortiums. You just like the word. It's a fun word. <laughs> sure. Get some people. and Got some people to buy into the jazz quite easily. And for investment's sake, aren't these things gold? It does seem like they are only escalating. The days of uh, I don't have enough money to run one of these or the valuation plummeting, those things don't seem to happen. The people who do it have the money, and the people who do it make more money doing it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I have no idea if Mr. Smith would have any form of interest. I've been told it's golf and basketball. But he likes to wear the caps, and baseball is the one sport that officially has the caps. Uh, so maybe the more plausible and uh, route would be that uh, he does like to pub Utah, and he is aware of the power of sports to open eyes, open people's eyes to possibilities. So 
he might uh, maybe be interested as a minority partner and bringing in some of his uh, some of his friends because he knows it'll be good for the area. And he's made it clear he likes to go out and recruit tech companies for the area and sell Utah all the positives here that people aren't aware of and go out in the world and recruit. Uh, yeah, and then there's the time issue. You know, he's still doing the running the other company, so yeah. and he's I don't got know how much time he's got. He's got young kids and the jazz, so yeah. How much do you want on your plate? Yeah, really. I mean, how sp- how thin can you be spread? Because as he said, that he's this is he still has this job that he does every day all over the world, basically. So uh, I don't know uh, if he's got uh, some free time. I have no idea. I've not, uh, but it'd be great if it could happen for sure. And I think the community is ready for it. Bring it. Uh, Scott says, "Get on it, PK." I need your and Monson star power behind this bid. Make it happen, capital H, exclamation point. Well, the one obvious problem with that is I have no star power whatsoever. Ha! <laughs> star power. Yeah, you're the man. You can just make it happen. just a guy who has a job and shows up to work like my father. <laughs> it's a little higher profile and it's way more money, but other than that, I'm a working stiff, so... Uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to get through today. I've got zero star power. Alan lets you off the hook. He says, it's never going to happen, exclamation point. In an alternate universe where it did happen, though, it would be awesome. Well, I agree with that. It would be awesome for the community. There's no question about it. But I can't say it, too, on the other hand, that it's never going to happen. I mean, who would have thought that the Utes would have a legitimate program in the Pac-12? That would have been just uh, beyond belief when I first got here in 93. They were a putrid program. Now, they were starting to make some inroads for sure. But a few years earlier, they were putrid. There's no doubt about it. And look at them now. They're sending guys to the NFL on a regular basis. I mean, if you would have said in, let's see, 1991, so we'll go back 30 years that they'd be really good in football in the Pac-12 and their basketball would suck. Who would have thought that that would have been possible? There would have been no way. People would have laughed at you. Like, what are you talking about? Everything would have to change for that to happen. And guess what? It has. Everything has changed. (laughs) So you can't say never. This this community has a lot of going going for it. And really, uh, outside of uh, ownership and stadium, which obviously are the most important things, you would think that it would be able to float because you don't need a dome stadium. The weather's great in the summer. Summer evenings, I mean, summer evenings are spectacular. In all uh, professional baseball under the MLB uh, umbrella, the stadiums have to face east. You can go a little southeast, but they have to go east. And look at what's over on the east side in our community. Wow. I mean, come on. The Sun Devils played uh, Nevada yesterday in baseball and i follow a couple of people on the social media who are into that just to so i can continue to follow it loosely i used to be a hardcore fan when i was in high school and they were just raving about the nevada baseball stadium with the snow-capped mountains and for them you know it was so cool because they don't get that well you would get that here yep for two months of the season maybe it would be it would be absolutely awesome Nevada's got that. Is it Nevada who's got the kid who's homered in like nine straight games? Correct. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I know it's college baseball. It's not a big deal here, but homering in nine straight games at any level, that's amazing. All right, coming up, Utah Jazz and the Portland Trailblazers. Tonight, Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, is going to join us at 8.30. Donovan Mitchell is not going to play tonight. He's not going to go on the road to Oklahoma City and Sacramento. He will be reevaluated before the playoffs. Question of the day, part two. What is your best guess on what's going to happen with Donovan Mitchell going forward? And we will get to that next. Stay with us.